Welcome to this episode of Planting Seeds. I'm Keith Jones, the preaching minister of Calera Church of Christ, and I've prepared a short message from Scripture that's intended to be the planting of a seed that, if cultivated, will in time produce fruit in the lives of the listeners. Now, let's get started. Shine upon you and be gracious and give you peace. In this episode, we'll conclude our study of the book of Philippians by looking at Philippians chapter 4, verses 10 through 23. If you have a Bible with you, follow along while I read. I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that now at length you have revived your concern for me. You were indeed concerned for me, but you had no opportunity. Not that I'm speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. I know how to be brought low, and I know how to abound. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Yet it was kind of you to share my trouble. And you Philippians yourselves know that in the beginning of the gospel, when I left Macedonia, no church entered into partnership with me in giving and receiving except you only. Even in Thessalonica, you sent me help for my needs once and again. Not that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit that increases to your credit. I have received full payment and more. I'm well supplied, having received from Epaphroditus the gifts you sent a fragrant offering, a sacrifice acceptable and pleasing to God. And my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. To our God and Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. Greet every saint in Christ Jesus. The brothers who are with me greet you. All the saints greet you, especially those of Caesar's household. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Over and over again in our study of the book of Philippians, we've heard Paul telling the Christians in Philippi to rejoice, explaining to them how important it was and why they had reason to, and helping them to have that perspective on life. In this pursuit of joy, he explained to them the way of grace. He encouraged them to live as citizens of the gospel. He described to them the blessings that come from faith, and he told them how to shine like stars in the universe. He explains to them the essence of faith and tells them to call on the hope that they have in the return of Jesus to be their motivator to do all the things that God wants them to do. And he compels them to live in harmony. But now as he closes, he wants to make sure that they're aware of a secret that he's learned, the secret of being content. As with so much of Paul's teaching in this letter to the Christians in Philippi, there is abundant application for us in our day of how to experience joy by learning the secret of being content. The first thing that Paul reveals to us is that if we want to be content, we have to stop comparing ourselves to the wrong standard. We often imagine contentment comes when we get all of the things that we want, when all of our desires are met. But Paul describes contentment as being able to handle being brought low or abounding, having plenty or being hungry, having abundance 
or being in need. In every situation, he was able to be content because he continually compared himself to the standard that God had given him. Was he doing what God wanted? Was God providing and being faithful to him even in the midst of his struggles and trials? The answer was always yes. God was faithful, and so he had no reason to turn his back on God or to find another way on his own. He just kept doing what God did because with God's strength, he was able to handle all of those situations. Contentment is an acknowledging and a satisfaction with reaching our capacity. We lack contentment in our lives when we can't acknowledge that we have everything we need or when we're not satisfied with the best that we can do or having accomplished what God wanted us to do. It's when we want more that we lack this kind of contentment. We want God plus other things. So then our dissatisfaction comes when we compare and contrast to the wrong circumstances or situations rather than to simply what God wants for us. I want to be clear here that contentment is not complacency. Complacency is satisfaction with less than our best effort, not being motivated to do all that you can to be effective in the service of God. Complacency is bad. We should strive always to give God our first and best. That principle is laid out through Scripture from the beginning all the way to the end. But if we find ourselves in hunger, we can't be dissatisfied. We have to rely on the strength of God to get us through those struggles. If we find ourselves in need or have been brought low, we can be content in those circumstances when we have done all that God has asked us to do, and we trust him to bring us through that time. The problem is that some people are out there teaching us that if we are thriving according to the world's standards, and we're having all of our desires met, that that is somehow a sign of faithfulness in God's favor. But this passage doesn't say that. And folks will even try to use it and make it say that. They'll use verse 13 by itself. I can do all things through him who strengthens me and take that to mean that I can get everything I want as long as God is pleased with me. But it's not saying that at all. It's actually saying almost the opposite, that no matter what circumstance you find yourself in, you can make it through and you can be content because God will strengthen you to do it. We hear people invoke this verse when they've made some accomplishment that makes them proud. And they think it's humility to say that I can do all things through him who strengthens me. But the problem is Paul is saying, even when I failed, when people were chasing me, when people were putting me in prison, when I didn't have food to eat, I could do that as well through God who gives me strength. We've mentioned several times throughout the history of this podcast that God doesn't always promise us what we want. What he promises us is to bring us through whatever circumstance we find ourselves in. Sometimes those will be good, and he will be with us through them. Sometimes they're very difficult circumstances, and he'll bring us through those as well. But we should never read our circumstances as being an indicator of whether or not we're faithful. When we do that, we're comparing ourselves to the wrong standard, and we may end up being dissatisfied. But when we realize whether we have 
succeeded in the world's eyes or failed. As long as I've done what God wants, I'm content. That is what Paul is talking about here, and that God will give you the strength to experience that contentment, whatever the circumstance. So if we want to be content in our lives, we've got to stop comparing ourselves to the wrong standard. We also have to be willing to give to others. Jesus himself said it's more blessed to give than to receive. And Paul wants these Philippian Christians to be blessed. And so he thanks them for helping him and encourages them to continue. Because as they give, the gospel is being spread and it's bearing fruit. More and more people are coming to Christ because of their generosity. They are receiving blessings as a result of giving to Paul and others. And others are being blessed by the giving. Meeting needs of others is exactly the kind of sacrifice that God wants from us. Paul describes their gift as a fragrant offering, a sacrifice acceptable and pleasing to God. Even Jesus said on the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, that if we seek first God's kingdom and his righteousness, all these things will be added to us. It is more important for us to seek the good of others than it is ourselves, because in giving to others, God has promised to take care of us, to protect us, to supply our needs, and to bless us. But too often, we're afraid that if we give to others, it is going to increase our dissatisfaction instead of making us more content. It takes an attitude adjustment to be able to do it appropriately. We have to understand it's not our stuff to start with. It's things that God has given us for his purposes, blessings that we're supposed to pay forward so that other people are drawn to him through the love and grace that we show them so that they come to know the love and grace of God. So when I'm giving to others, when I'm helping out in situations where there's a need, I'm not depleting my reserves. I'm using what God has given me for the purpose that he gave it to me. And in achieving that, I should find great satisfaction. And as I watch God be faithful in that, I'll be able to be content because I see that he is providing what I need. I'm not losing out on something. I don't have to be afraid of missing out. God is giving me more than I could have ever asked or imagined. Which leads to the last point about this secret of being content. Not only do I have to stop comparing myself to the wrong standard and be willing to give to others, I have to be willing to experience grace. Sometimes we're willing to do a lot for other people, but we refuse to let anyone, including God, do anything for us. We want to make it on our own. We want to prove to people that we're smart enough, good enough, strong enough to accomplish whatever we want in life. But the reality is the only way we accomplish getting through this life is through him who gives us strength. We tend to do this when we're in search of glory for ourselves. We want people to notice us, to see how good we are, to prove that we can achieve and that we belong here. But Paul lets us know that glory is for God. We should learn to be content with God getting all the glory because ultimately he's the one that's doing everything. He may tell us what to do and we do it and God's will is accomplished through us, but God is the one providing the results. So glory is his. What belongs to us is grace. 
Paul ends this letter by saying, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. It is far better for us to receive grace than glory. We should stop trying to do everything on our own and let God do a favor for us. That's what grace is. When God gives us something we didn't earn or deserve, he's just doing us a favor. We often don't like folks doing things for us because we feel like it indebts us to them, and we don't want to be indebted to anyone. We want to be able to stand on our own. But Paul says the way he accomplished contentment was through his reliance on God, who gave him the strength to get through every situation. He received God's grace gladly, and that grace led him to action. He could not imagine not constantly being busy doing the Lord's work because he was indebted to God for all the favors that he had done him. And he didn't see that as a bad thing. He saw it as the least he could do because of the goodness that had been showered on him by God. As a matter of fact, when he was writing to the church in Corinth in 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 1, he says, Since we have these promises, beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from every defilement of body and spirit, bringing holiness to completion in the fear of God. Paul says that since we've been blessed so much by God and have so many promises to be fulfilled in the future, it's only reasonable that we would look to stay pure and allow holiness to be perfected in us through our fear or our reverence for God. And when Paul writes to the church in Rome, in Romans chapter 12, verse 1, he says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Paul says, if you worship the God of creation, if you worship God the Father of the Lord Jesus Christ, then your reasonable or acceptable worship to him is to offer yourself as a sacrifice. Let him use you for his purposes. Give yourself to him. In doing so, you can have these experiences in grace, these opportunities that are afforded you to experience the favors that God does for you. You can learn to love and appreciate them and realize how indebted you are to God. It will help you be more likely to give to others. And when God is the only one you care about pleasing, you'll stop comparing yourself to the wrong standards and understand the secret of being content. Thank you for listening. You can find more of these messages on our website, calirachurchofchrist.org, or subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast app. You can also like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. Twitter.